Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Burrigan campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. God, our Father, we celebrate your faithful to, faithfulness to us, both individually and as a church family. Lord, over this last 60 plus years of uh, the life of this church, we've seen your faithfulness time and time again. We celebrate it. We thank you for it this morning. We thank you that you've been faithful from one generation to the next. We thank you, Lord, that even those times we wander from you, that you continue to be faithful. Surely your goodness and your mercy and your loving kindness shall follow me, shall follow us all the days of our lives. Father God, we thank you for the gentleness of your Holy Spirit who is with us, who is with us here this morning, who is within each one of us, those of us who are followers of yours, that you draw us to yourself, you long for us to come deeper into who you are. So draw us deeper this morning, Lord, and we pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit says to your church today. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you. Please be seated. Thanks to our team once again for letting us. Wonderful. Good morning, everyone, and um, welcome to you all. As the year gets into full swing, 2023, are you in full swing? I hope you are. Well, our new series is called Love Thy God, and uh, that's going to lead us into a a March series as well that we're going to call Love Thy Neighbour, kind of a following on from uh, the words of Jesus. So school holidays are over, the kids are back at school, much to the relief of parents. Any relieved parents this morning, a few around the place? Church ministries recommence, and so uh, it's a great time, I think, for us to take stock and to... Set your spiritual life on a a good course to find a good rhythm and uh, set in place some good habits that will strengthen and develop your faith and help you to go deeper into the things of God. You know, uh, the Christian life is not like a part-time job. It's not like casual employment where you kind of devote a few hours a week Uh, Your Christian life's not like a hobby, like golf or fishing or scrapbooking or something that you engage in when you can kind of fit it in in your spare time. It's not like that. And your faith is not like a compartment of your life that has no bearing on the other compartments of your life. So this idea that, oh, Lord, it's this religious thing that I do where I, uh, you know, I attend church on a Sunday morning once or twice a month, Uh, But then I go back into the real world and get on with real life. That's not the way things are. If you think of your faith in that way, then you've not understood the essential nature of the Christian life. The famous hymn of Isaac Watts, which uh, we sing from time to time, when I survey the wondrous cross, it contains this line. Were the whole realm of nature mine, that... We're an offering far too small. 
In other words, if I had access to everything in the whole world, all the money, all the resources, all the property, all the land, and I was to take all of that and bring all of that to God and offer it to Him, present it to Him as an offering, present it to Him, <clears throat> it still wouldn't be enough to rightly thank Him for what He has done for me. All of that would be an offering far too small. Because love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Isaac Watts understood something that I hope that we'll understand this morning, and that is that the Christian faith is an everything commitment. It's all, requires all. Revelation 3, Jesus uh, had some pretty harsh words to say to the church of Laodicea. He said, you're neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, actually. But because you are lukewarm, I will spit you, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Coffee should be served hot. There's nothing like a good, hot, flat, white, from infused cafe. There's <laughs> a shameless plug for you. Ice cream should be served cold. You serve either one of those things at room temperature, it's not a nice experience. You serve me a lukewarm coffee, I'll probably spit it out. That ice cream looks as though perhaps somebody already has spat it out. <laughs> room temperature ice cream. Well, room temperature faith is not what God is looking for. Half-hearted, nominal, semi-committed, going through the motions faith is not sufficient. The first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark and Luke, each record variations of the story of a, a religious leader who uh, approached Jesus with a, a question, with the intent actually of trapping him as they often were trying to do. And the question is this, of all the commandments, which one is the most important? What is the most important law? If you could sum it up in one sentence, what's the most important thing in life? The most important law to guide the direction of your life and your life's course. And Jesus' response without hesitation was this, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Eugene Peterson's paraphrase in the message goes like this, love the Lord your God with all your passion, and with all your prayer, and with all your muscle, with all your intelligence. Love the Lord your God with everything, everything, everything that you've got. Now these were very familiar words to Jesus' listeners and they uh, would have immediately recognised them as coming from Deuteronomy 6. In fact, those, these words formed part of the prayer that the Jews prayed daily on a daily, on a daily basis called the Shema. We'll come back to that in a moment, but let's read that. Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9. I'll read these verses for you. 
follow along with me. These are the commands, decrees, and laws the Lord your God directed me to teach you to observe in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to possess, so that you, your children, and their children after them may fear the Lord your God as long as you live by keeping all his decrees and commands that I give you, and so that you may enjoy long life. Hear, Israel, hear. And be careful to obey so that it may go well with you and that you may increase greatly in a land flowing with milk and honey just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors, promised you. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. And it continues on. There it is. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. All. Everything. So I want to summarise this passage with three key words, and they all, as you might imagine, conveniently begin with the letter L, which makes them easy for you to remember this morning. But the first of those words is listen. So I mentioned that this um, part of this prayer is uh, called the Shema, and uh, the Shema gets its name from the first word of Deuteronomy 6.4, which is hear or listen. And Moses is speaking to the people of Israel as they prepare to enter into the promised land and all that God has in store for them. But in order to enter into the fullness of the blessing of God, they need to learn to listen well and to love God fully. And listening well is something that we all need to learn and to grow in. When our kids were teenagers, we have great kids, by the way, but boy, there were some challenges along the way through those teenage years. Um, anyone have teenage kids right now? Yes. Well, the Lord bless you and keep you and uh, <laughs> grant you patience and grace and all those things that you need. Help them. Help them, Lord. So now and then we'd say to our teenage kids, would you please clean your room? It was a regular request. It was a pretty straightforward request. And generally the response would come back from another room. Yep. <laughs> and Margie and I would look at each other and ask, so what does that mean? <laughs> yeah, what does that mean? Does it mean, yeah, I'm aware of the request that you're making? Sound waves have sort of floated in and entered my ears? Is that what it means? Or does it mean, yeah, I'll get around to that request, fulfilling that request sometime in the future? Is that what that means? Yeah. Or is it, yes, mum, dad, I'll stop what I'm doing and immediately start the cleaning process? Is that what it means? <laughs> <laughs> well, I can tell you. Rarely, if ever, was it response number three. 
The opening line of the Shema, hear, hear, O Israel. Doesn't simply mean to let sound waves float in and enter your ears. Hear the word means to allow the words to sink in, to be absorbed fully absorbed into your being, into who you are, and to be understood, and actually to generate some kind of response. That's what the word hear means in the Hebrew. In other words, it's about action. So in the Hebrew mind, hearing and doing are closely aligned. If you're not doing, you haven't really listened. You haven't really heard. I realize now I should have taught my kids Hebrew. So what is it that God specifically asks of us? Well, Deuteronomy 10, 12, and 13 spells this out a bit more clearly. And I've highlighted some words there for you. And now, Israel, what does the Lord God ask of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to Him, to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to observe the Lord's commands and decrees that I'm giving you today for your own good. For your own good. If you're in a marriage or any kind of deep relationship, then you've more than likely had the experience of someone saying to you, I just feel like you're not really listening to me. I just feel like you're not, you're not hearing. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Anyone had that said to them before? Anyone said that to someone else? Probably everyone. You're not listening. You're not listening to me. And that can be a difficult thing, can't it? Because you know, sometimes it's not just the words that need to be heard, it's, it's the emotion behind the words. It's listening to the heart that's underneath the words that are being said. And so really listening can be a difficult thing to master. But the good news is that actually we can, we can learn this. We can all learn this. Listening is a skill to be learned and practiced and developed over time. It's also a skill to learn and develop and practice in our faith, in our walk with God. Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. Well, I don't know about you, but there are times when I don't, absolutely I don't hear the voice of God. But I suspect that's generally not because he's not speaking. And more likely, it's because I'm not listening as well as I might. I need to listen. I need to learn to listen to God. I need to practice listening, devote myself to listening, discipline myself to stop and to put aside distractions and work constantly on the art of discerning the voice of God that will come to me through his word as I read his word. God will speak. The word of God will come to me as I read his word. It'll come to me as I hear God speaking through other people, as some of you may hear even today. Through circumstances that I face, often struggles and difficulties that I face, God is speaking. Who was it? Someone famous like C.S. Lewis said that pain is God's megaphone. God is speaking in the midst of your circumstances and your pain. He'll speak to you through creation. The awe and the majesty of God, God will speak. 
and that still small voice of the Holy Spirit where God speaks to you directly. If you're listening, if you have ears to hear, God may speak to you even this morning. Are you listening? The next part of the prayer is to love. Love the Lord your God. That's your second L word. And that word for love is the Hebrew word ahava. Now ahava is not about the warm, fuzzy, emotional feeling we get when we like someone or when we're first in love. Much like, like listening, ahava love is about action. Now, you know, I, um, I love my wife. And in expressing my love for her, I can do all sorts of nice things for her. There are various actions that I can take in my marriage. So I can buy her flowers, so she loves that. I can take her out for a nice dinner. I can uh, say nice things to her. That's important, isn't it? Those kind of words of affirmation. Think of those five love languages. I can pull my weight when it comes to household chores. And, uh, you know, I should do all of those things. I think I probably do okay. Uh, across the board there in most of those things. But you know, there's something deeper, something profound that undergirds all of those actions and it's summarized by this word covenant. Marriage is a covenant. It's a covenant of love. My parents have just celebrated their, just a couple of weeks ago, their diamond anniversary. 60 years in their covenant of marriage. What a milestone, eh? It's a milestone. I mean, have a look at them. Look how happy they are. They're really happy, honestly. They're like that all the time. They're just an inspiration. They're wonderful. Now, Margie and I are coming up to 34 years, so we've sort of passed the halfway mark toward our diamond anniversary, following in their footsteps. Uh, we'll get there, God willing. There we are, Ross Trevor Baptist Church, 1989. That's Frank Smith, by the way, for those of you who remember Frank. Former senior pastor here at Mount Pleasant. Now, I've conducted hundreds of weddings, I reckon, over the years as a pastor, my years. And for me, one of the dearest parts of the wedding ceremony is what's known as the Declaration of Intent. Now, the Declaration of Intent was part of uh, that ceremony back 33 and a half, 34 years ago. And it went something like this. Nick, will you give yourself to Margie to be her husband to live together in the covenant of marriage? And then the terms of the covenant are outlined. Here they are. Will you love her, comfort her, honour and protect her, and forsaking all others, be faithful to her for as long as you both shall live? I said, I will. Back in 1989, I said, I will, at that very ceremony. Yes, I will. I mean, have a look at me. I look about 11 years old. What a wonder. But I said, I will. <laughs> I will is what I still say in 2023. So does my wife, thankfully. I will. 
I will follow the terms of the covenant. See, before you enter into a marriage, you need to clearly understand the terms of the covenant of marriage. You need to understand them, you need to agree to them, and then the difficult part is you need to then live them out day by day, year after year. So that includes things I will do always. That's the intent. Doesn't mean you always get it right, but that's the intent. It's the constant intent. Things I will do always. I will love her. I will honour her. I will protect her. I will treat her with dignity. I will put her first over and above everything else. I will put her needs before my own needs. That's the intent behind the terms of the covenant. And it includes, by implication, things that I will not do ever. So things that I will do always, but also things that I will not do ever. I will not flirt with a co-worker, for example. I will not entertain fantasy thoughts about another woman. I won't, I will not engage with anything that might jeopardise our marriage. Why? Because I've entered into a covenant. There's nothing half-hearted or lukewarm about the covenant of marriage. And when it becomes so, it needs to be addressed. Any covenant calls for commitment and diligence and perseverance. Now, God is a God of covenant. We see it all through the scriptures. He made covenants with Noah, with Abraham, with Moses, with David, and in Christ, his son, he's made a new covenant with you. If you agree to the terms. It's a covenant that's made through the cross. It's a covenant that's sealed in his own blood, shed for the forgiveness of your sins. We share in these elements on a regular basis as a reminder of the covenant that we have entered into. And we'll often say, if you're not a believer, if you're not you know, part of God's, you know, haven't made that commitment of faith, don't take these elements. These are elements, these are symbols of the covenant. If you're not in the covenant, don't, don't participate in this bit. We're glad you're here, but don't participate in that. This is, about a, this is a serious business. This is about a covenant. And you'll notice there's nothing half-hearted or lukewarm about the part Jesus has played in this new covenant. He gave his life, literally, he himself is the sacrifice, and there's nothing half-hearted or lukewarm about the level of response from those who enter into the covenant through the cross. Now and then the question comes up, is God's love unconditional? Now, <laughs> it's not an easy question to answer actually it's a question that requires some thought and even with some thought you might come up with a different answer to my answer is the love of God unconditional so my answer is yes yes the love of God flows generously from the throne to all even to those who don't deserve it, it flows unconditionally. It just flows to all. 
to all of us. You can't, you can't earn it with good behaviour. You don't deserve it. So in that sense, it's unconditional. Yeah, but there's another side to the story as well. Because to fully receive and embrace and experience that love of God which flows from his throne, you need to enter into a covenant relationship. And that covenant has certain terms or conditions. And the terms of the covenant are clearly outlined by Jesus. Just read the Gospels. They're right there. Deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. Be prepared to lose your life as you know it for the sake of following Jesus. A new commandment I give to you, says Jesus, in this new covenant, love one another. Love your enemies. These are all terms of the covenant. Most importantly, actually, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Love the Lord your God with everything that you've got. Is the love of God conditional? Is it unconditional? Well, you can answer that question yourself. Certainly there are conditions to the covenant if you choose to enter into it. Let me give you the third L. The third L is um, lean in. You know, you can always tell when someone's really listening to you because they give you their undivided attention, they put aside distractions, and they lean in, often physically. I see it when I'm preaching. You know, I know, I know that as I'm preaching, some of you are checking emails or Facebook or Instagram. I know. Merle, you know, typically. <laughs> It's okay, I know I'm not that interesting. <laughs> but I'll tell you what I know too, when God gets people's attention, I see it. As I say, different, I see different ones around the auditorium, physically leaning in. There are times I see people lean in and I think God is speaking to you. Something deeper is going on than just my words and just, you know, sound waves entering your ears. You lean in. Lean into the things of God. It's a good summary of Deuteronomy 6, 7 to 9. And Moses comes out with this kind of all-encompassing description of what that looks like. He says, talk to your kids. Talk to your kids about the things of God. Talk about the things of God around your family table as you, as you sit and as you eat together. Talk about them with your husband, with your wife, with your friends, as, as you're driving in your car, as you're just going about the things of life. Lean in. Talk about the things of God. Have God and his ways on your mind as you, as you go to bed, uh, as you wake up in the morning. You know, there's a great app called Lectio 365 that uh, looks like that if you go searching for it in the app store. I recommend that you do if you don't know about it. It has a morning reading and an evening reading. You know what, it's a great way to go to sleep at night and it's a great way to wake up in the morning. Just short readings. Lectio 365. Form habits that help you to lean in to the things of God. 
Form habits that help you to put aside the distractions and the busyness of life. And verse 8 says, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. What does that mean? Well, you know, we use our eyes to see and we use our hands to do almost everything that we do. And so this represents actually the way uh, that the words of this prayer, love the Lord your God with all that you've got, should really guide the vision and the direction and the actions of your life as a devoted follower of Jesus, a follower of God's ways. You know, the vision of John in Revelation, right at the end of the Bible, describes the way things will be at the end of time. When we see Jesus face to face, Revelation 22.4 says, they will see his face. We will see his face. They will see his face. And his name will be on their foreheads. But contrast that with those who reject God, those who walk away, those who turn away, those who decide, no, that whole covenant thing is too hard. That's not for me after all. They walk away, they reject the things of God. Revelation 13, 16 talks about those who will receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, not the name of Jesus, but the mark of the beast. See, for John... The choice is a stark one. You either give your allegiance to Jesus and allow him to influence how you see and how you act and how you live, or your allegiance will belong to destructive powers that will also govern how you see and how you act and how you live. One path leads to life, the other path leads to death. And Joshua, famously says to his people, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. As for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. It's a really clear kind of line in the stand moment for Joshua. What Joshua is saying on behalf, not only of himself, but his household, as for me, here's where the line is. We will serve the Lord. We will choose that covenant relationship. We will choose to accept the terms of that covenant. We will seek to live our lives in such a way that we do our best to listen well, to love well, to lean in to the things of God. Those times when we begin to be distracted by the things of life, we lean in to the things of God. And so, as 2023 gets underway, why don't you take a moment just right now to take stock of where your faith is at, where you want it to be. Let's just bow in prayer. Why don't you take a moment right now just to talk to the Lord. He is listening. He loves. He leans in. He draws near to you as you speak with him now.
Maybe it's a great time for you this morning to confess perhaps some lukewarmness in your own walk with God. Maybe it's time to draw your own line in the sand like Joshua did and said, you know what, this year, I'm going to make a decision to follow God more wholeheartedly, to lean in. Don't think of this like a a New Year's resolution that you then forget about in a few days' time. But maybe there's one simple thing that you would determine even this morning. As I leave this place, there's just this one thing. It's going to be different. I'm going to download that Lectio thing. I'm going to make a new resolve to spend more time reading my Bible. I'm going to commit to some simple thing, some simple aspect of, of listening or of loving God more or of leaning in. Help me, Lord. Help us, Lord, as we commit this year ahead to you. Pray that you'd help us to be those who seek to love you with all of our heart and soul and mind and strength. We thank you, Lord, for your grace that when we fall, when we wander, that you don't abandon us, you don't leave us, that you're there to pick us up again. And so, Lord, we come to you this morning. Receive us, Lord. Thank you. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.